This is Perspective as a Motherfucker. Sit back, strap in, and relax. Cue transition. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Perspective as a Motherfucker. I am your host, Aaron Streeter. Um, hope everyone's having a great week out there. My week has been very interesting, to say the least. Um, just note to self, if you do have an animal, whether it's a dog, a cat, or anything in between, get yourself some pet insurance. Um, otherwise, you're going to be like me, having a 400 plus bill. You know, it was well within my means, and I wasn't going to let him, you know, anything bad happen to him. So, and he's in his crate right now because I'm not trying to wake up to a, you know, a puddle when I get back. So, there's that. Um, other than that, you know, week's been pretty good. Uh, doing a lot of ripping and running, you know, as always. Um, there's somebody that you're going to be hearing from that is uh, very familiar. He was actually a former guest. Uh, this is actually his first video debut on the podcast. Um, I want to go and introduce you guys to JP3. Hello, Perspective is Motherfucker podcast, now video. How are things going? Doing good, man. How about you? I know uh, you've been uh, you've been tearing up the tracks. Yeah, we 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 did a little bit of a, a little autocross over at the the firm uh, down in uh, Stark, Florida. So that was a that was fun weekend before last. Okay, uh, nice little chance to uh, shake down the car, see see where we're at, and uh, take some notes to how to improve in the future. Okay, so um, I know you've been you know in the cars as long as I've known you, but what got you into like, especially like uh, rotary and even cars in general? Oh, let's see. Well, one, you know, first thing that got you in the cars is freedom. So yeah, when I was in high school, it didn't really matter what it was. If it had an engine <laughs> and they could take me where I wanted to go, that was it. But once you get basic transportation, you know, you started hanging out, meeting some new people. So there were a couple guys in high school that had cool cars, you know, had just wheeled audio, you know, basic stuff. Okay. Um, so start hanging out with some of them, um, you know, on the football team, soccer team. Generally, a lot of the athletes ended up being guys that also, you know, did a little bit of something to their cars. So nice. that that was kind of the initial transition. Um, went off to uh, school, did an internship, and uh, right before I left, my car got hit by a drunk driver in Tallahassee and totaled it. And it's like a week before I'm supposed to drive up to Boston. Oh, my God. So I had no transportation. And so I'm out there looking, trying to find something to so I can get up there. Okay. And that's when I started looking into different models of cars. So I was looking at something that was going to be a little bit more fun than a, than a Honda Civic. Yeah. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, insurance companies being what they are, they want to drag their feet. They don't want to you know cut a check in a reasonable time frame. So I ended up stuck with a 99 Toyota Camry. I mean, with 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 summer tires on it. I mean, reliable, reliable. Yeah, but driving to Boston in the oh middle my, of winter. Oh my god! On summer tires is not something uh, that you should do. Not definitely, at all. Uh, um, essentially a metal box, and on those uh, on those slippery slippery roads. It's not uh Yeah, see, so you, you're you're from up there. You're from yeah. the, the frigid north. You're from north of the wall. So you know what all that <laughs> nonsense is about. You all got white um, walkers and all sorts of yeah, nonsense um, popping out in the there world. There's nothing worse than um when you have literally tires and like where you go twenty feet and it goes. Yeah, 
spin out. Yeah. But you have to literally drive 20 miles. And then you see to the right of you, to the left of you, people that didn't want to go and drive lower than that. They're in a ditch. Or they're off to the side of the road stuck. I have one ditch experience, fortunately. I was aware that I was driving on the wrong tires for the season. So I was very cautious. But even still, there was one little roundabout. And I ended up sliding to a ditch at like two and a half miles an hour. It's the slowest slide <laughs> that you have ever seen in your life. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, live and learn. I made it out unscathed. You know, the car didn't have any kind of major incidents, no accidents. So I actually sold it when I got back on eBay. Okay. Um, and then used that money to go buy my first RX-7. And so that's kind of where that started. Okay. So how long have you had your RX-7 for now? Uh, well, I currently have an RX-8, sold the okay. RX-7. The red one. Yeah. Yeah, year before last. Okay. Uh, which, unfortunately, in this current automotive market we're in, was just a little bit too soon. Uh, I probably could have sold it for twice as much if I had waited a year. Twice as too. much? Yes, Jesus. it's crazy. Used car values are, especially sports cars. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I'm definitely looking into, when I get a little bit more funds, to get a, uh, I had a very badass 98. Chevy Blazer lowered, um, steel forged internals. The only reason why I even know any of that stuff is I what? got it from a buddy, and unfortunately, I only had it for a couple of weeks and we didn't end up changing oil and it ended up blowing up. I was very upset, mm. I was very upset, but it was badass. It had a like push button, like not like a push button start, like in a like a regular, it was like push button with the like silver and it just started off boom. like a toggle switch like, like, a, a, like a race car yeah that's a, it was nice it was okay. nice it had the like race car but yeah it was uh that was like my first ever like that was a badass car i want another one of those well i want you to change your oil yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so does your future car Please, yes if you don't do anything else oh change the God. oil yeah. And, and and make sure you tighten the drain plug when you put it on there. But that, not too tight. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want to strip the threads and then create a problem. Okay. So, you were the first one that, because um, I had no idea what a rotary engine was. So, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is that shit? Like, you be a rotary telephone? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, no. I, like, all I knew was V8, V6, and then maybe a V10. I didn't know, like, so, like, Cause I know you, you know, what's a rotary engine? First, let's, let's start. That, that that's something that's a little bit difficult to explain without visual aids. Okay. But <laughs> in a normal engine, just imagine you've got a box, and you've got pistons inside the box, and the pistons go up and down and up and down. Okay. And connecting the pistons is a long shaft with different lobes on it, so that as the piston goes up and down in the cylinder, that motion spins the crankshaft, and then that's what outputs the power to the flywheel or to the transmission. Um, you know, whatever have you. In a rotary, you know, you have two rotors, or trochloids, as they're okay. technically called, operating in two housings that are not quite ovals. They've got like a little waist to them. And so the rotor spins around inside of that housing, and it's got what's called an eccentric shaft, which uh, basically is like the crankshaft. Okay. And then that's what that puts power to the transmission um, behind the car, airplane, or whatever you're, you're putting okay. it in. They even made single-engine uh, single rotor snowmobiles, and oh. you know some people have taken those engines, put them in go karts. Uh, but it was a it was a cool design, and you know they love high revs because unlike in a piston engine where pistons go up and then they go down, 
You know, it takes a lot of energy to stop and then start. In a rotary, the, the rotors only spin in one direction. They, there's never any stop or any start. Um, so it makes for a very smooth operating engine and one that likes to, to rev the high RPMs, which in a racing context are things that are generally Okay, good. so is that why it's mainly in uh, racing style cars instead of like your Honda Civics or your Toyota Exactly. That's one reason. The other reason is that because of the design of the rotary, at least a two-rotor engine, um, they don't produce a lot of torque, which means that if you put a rotary engine in a heavy car, you know, it's going to struggle. It's like you're not going to put a little 1.5 liter four-cylinder in a Suburban and, you know, try to get that down the road. That would be yeah, a painful experience. Okay. Right. So sense. that's why you don't typically see rotaries in larger vehicles unless it's a multi-rotor engine. Uh, they actually did make a rotary bus in Japan. Like, it was a small bus, but it was a, a larger rotary engine that obviously wouldn't really work in a, in a car format. Okay. So. And for you now, I know you said, so how how long have you been, like, as far as, I mean, would that technically be what you were doing out and start competition? Or? Yeah, so that that's autocross. Autocross is a form of uh, motorsport where you're driving around a predetermined course, you know, that's marked up with a bunch of, orange cones okay um and you're competing against the clock so it's not wheel to wheel so you don't have to worry about you know i'm next to this driver he's not so good and he's gonna bump into me damage my car sure. you know because you get people with all sorts of things at autocross it's cool because it's you know a low barrier to entry the entry fees don't cost very much you can just come out one time with anything really and there's classes for everybody so you can kind of get in where you fit in with whatever you bring out to the track yeah. You can run. You can see where you stack up against other cars, because uh, a lot of times you see everybody on the street is you know Mario Andretti. You know they're, they're the next Ayrton Senna at the stoplight <laughs> with their little uh, ex police cruiser with yeah, some wheels right. on it. Of course, but you could take them on an actual track and you get to see what's really up. And there's a lot of people that think they're drivers and they come at the autocross and they yeah. find out no, they're they're not drivers at all. Yeah. But the great thing is it's a community where everybody's trying to teach you, everybody's trying to encourage you. Um, you know, they want motorsport to grow. And so if you're willing to learn, there's no shortage of people that are willing yeah. to help you get better. I feel like especially, uh, especially nowadays, I feel like driving, like driving really well is a lost art where you have people that, I don't know what it is. Like, how did you get your license? I ask myself that every time I'm in the car, yeah. All the time, because half of these people, I'm like, there's no way. Well, it's a number of factors. One, this is America, right? And it is. And if you've ever driven, especially in Europe, Germany is a great example. Like, America has low standards for, for driving, driver's licenses. The driver's test is a joke. Um, you know, go take a test to drive on the Autobahn in Germany. Ooh. That's that's a real driving test. Yeah. Um, you know, now people are passing driver's tests without even parallel parking. So yeah. it's not really surprising that you have people with licenses that are terrible drivers. The other issue is you look at modern cars. There are too many distractions. All these infotainment screens, a giant iPad, you got a touchscreen television right there in the dash. Why are people going to be messing with that? They're going to be playing with that. Yeah. You know, even radios. You know, before when you had a little, little dial, a little knob, and little physical preset buttons for the radio, you could keep your eyes on the road. You know the, the knob is round. You can turn up the volume. You can count out the presets to go to the different radio stations. You didn't have to take your eyes off the road. Now with the touchscreen, you can't even see where the buttons are unless you're exactly. taking your eyes down off the road. And then unless, like, unless you stop, 
but a lot of the times people aren't paying attention. I mean, you know, we see, you know, at least once a day, somewhere on any one of these bridges across the city, more times than not, you have people just two cars on the side of the road, one back, one ran into the, the back, and now it's just, now they're waiting. Now they're waiting for the authorities to come and things like that. As a general rule, I find that it's safest to be the fastest or the slowest thing on the road. You only want to be looking at traffic and looking at potential dangers and obstacles in one direction. So if I'm the fastest thing on the road, all I care about what's in front of me. Yeah. Because I'm not going to get rear-ended. Yeah. And if I'm the slowest thing on the road, I just got to make sure that I glance up, you know, in that rear view, make sure nothing's coming up on me. But usually when you're moving slow, like in the far right lane, where slow people should be, people have no problem getting in the middle lane or the fast lane to yeah. go around you. Yeah. And also, it's one of those things where not the person in front of you, but the person that's in front of them will just hold it up to where there's been times where I had to slow down and the guy in back of me, like this much, because he didn't want to go and slow down. It's just like, yeah. Well, effective driving is maintaining situational awareness, whether that's on the track or whether that's on the road, on the interstate. Yeah. You know, they a lot of people gave up on checking their mirrors on a regular basis whole time I'm cruising down the interstate, left mirror, right mirror, rear view. Like, yeah. Keep on going through the pattern, checking, making sure you know what's around you. Because if something crazy happens in front, if a deer jumps over the fence and runs in the road, you need to know, what, do I have room on the right or is there yeah. a tractor trailer there that I'm going to run up under? Exactly. And deer or something, oh my god, that thing can destroy a car. Yep. It certainly can. Now, fortunately, the deer in Florida are pretty small. So, you got ones, a chance. Yeah, the ones but up the north. the further north you hit. Golly. And it's just, there, there's a couple that get stuck in. It's it's horrible. It's a mess. Yep, no, don't envy that at all. Nah. Not one bit. So, what's been going on, you know, with you, because I know you were, you know, still doing the sourcing things like that. As far as I know, uh, last time we spoke, it's it's gotten a lot more serious, and now it's just, uh, you know, having, of course, you know, you're the the guy with the systems. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, what it? I know you started out from, you know, thrifting. Well, I feel like thrifting in like a business way instead of I see all these people thrifting where it's just like oh, I have a you know, thrift haul or whatever else is like you're actually making a profit and actually. So how's that going? Um, so that's going good. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I've, I've kind of shifted focus from, uh, you know, doing the everyday thrift route, you know, onesie, twosies, find some cool stuff here or there. Maybe you don't um, to, like you said, more of a business perspective, more of a business approach. Um, and part of business is economies of scale. So typically the larger quantities that you buy, the larger quantities you produce, there's efficiencies to be gained there. Yeah. Um, so I started looking at buying lots, buying larger orders of, of merchandise mm -hmm. for, for resale. So I actually haven't bought anything new in 2022 thus far. Okay, that um, last thing was when I helped you. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that was actually technically that was the end of 2021. That was a lot. Because that was purchased. Now, I didn't actually pick it up and take physical possession of the inventory until January. Yeah. But that deal was done. Yeah, uh, and that was December. a lot of stuff. Yeah, a ton of stuff. But, you know, when I price it out on a per-piece basis, it's cheaper than I could go to a thrift store every day for three months 
or more probably to, to try to get that same amount of stuff. And I'd be paying more per piece for every single one of them than what I paid for this lot. Yeah. But I mean, the challenge is the only reason that deal was available was because the the seller was insistent because he needed the space. That's what he needed more than anything. Oh. He okay. wasn't as concerned about the property. He needed to clear space. I mean, it was sense. all in his house. It was all in the garage. That I mean, it was. was Jeez. He was inundated. So, oh my. Yeah. yeah, look, you can take it, but you got to take all of it. And so he had a lot of people like, oh, I want this piece. I want that piece. You know, I'll give you an extra 50 bucks. Just sell it to me. Was like, but nah, that wasn't what he wanted. I need, I need it all gone. Yeah. Which, I mean, you got to understand people's motivations. So right. for the fact that I was able to come and take all of it off of his hands, yeah. that's what empowered me to get that kind of a deal. So looking for more stuff like that moving forward, um, just to be a little bit more efficient. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's great, man. Especially I remember when you first started like sourcing and this was when you were still, you know, you know, with the company. And um, it was something that wasn't bearing fruit right away, but it's something you believed in. And I think the biggest thing is there's several ways to skin a cat. There's several ways to make money. There's Definitely. several ways to to live the life that you want to live. Now, I'm sure as far as with your you know prior experience, as far as in mortgages, also in insurance, even... Uh, doing like data analytics or an analyst that would you ever would have thought that this is what you'd be doing now? No, no. At no point did I envision <laughs> that this was an actual path to, you know, a career or like a real income. Um, which is funny because remember when I bought, when I got that car, I sold it on eBay. So I think I sold that car back in 2005, 2006, sometime around that time frame. And, you know, that was a few thousand dollars. So I came on eBay as a seller. First item I ever sold was a couple thousand dollars. Then I sell anything again for over a decade. Yeah, I mean because I just viewed it as you know you go on there you're looking for you know a pair of shoes that's been discontinued that you really like like maybe yeah. somebody's got them up there or you know you want to pay a set of wheels right and you're willing to you know take them up they got a couple of scuffs you're gonna get them repainted anyway oh, so you're looking for a deal. And I just figured people cleaned out their garages, you know, you do spring cleaning, like what's left over after the garage sale. That, in my mind, was kind of what went on eBay. So this idea that you're going to create a full-time income really seemed kind of far-fetched. Because as you're very much aware, you know, the traditional mantra is, you know, go to school, get good grades, yeah. get a good job. And I was very much, you know, brought up in that in that yeah. vein, you know, in that, in that kind of mold. So... You know, it wasn't until, you know, getting out, getting some exposure to entrepreneurship and uh, talking with different people who kind of charted their own path that I started to expand and start to see other ideas as being viable, mm. you know, as a way to, to kind of move forward and make your own lane in the world. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's kind of crazy how you, it's different when you see people you don't know, like living these extravagant lives or even where they live life on their own terms but when you start to get to the point where you can do that on your own mm -hmm. it seems possible it doesn't seem so far-fetched where yeah. you have so many people that <coughs> i gotta work all these hours well you gotta figure out what do you actually need to survive we need food we yeah. need shelter we need water you need clothing <coughs> there's a lot of stuff that we have to ourselves like that we really don't need there's a difference between yep. need and wants 
this is I true. mean, there's certain things where people are saying, I'm I'm barely getting by. Well, are you really, like, <coughs> like what are you spending your money on? Because I mean, it seems like, question. it seems like, like my perspective on that is we build our own prisons. There's a lot of stuff that I'd say for the most part, I'm, I'm a minimalist. A lot of stuff that I have is been given to me. I, I don't really buy a lot of stuff. Like this, this hoodie, for instance, I bought this in Venice, um, mm-hmm. you know, Venice beach, but I don't buy clothes like that. It's just, I'm not a, I'll buy food more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Cause I am a foodie. <laughs> I think you give that look, mm-hmm. but it's one of the things that I've noticed. Where, like, where, where, where is your money going? And it's where it's 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 not on the Starbucks, but it's more of the this. You know how much money a lot of people they make the same amount of money every single week or every other two weeks or things like that. So you know exactly what's coming in. So how are you like other than let's gonna say student loans or things that pop up mm-hmm. I don't understand as far as rent you qualified for this place otherwise you wouldn't be in the motherfucker so it doesn't make any sense <coughs> where a lot of people they get just where they need to be and then of course they lose their job and things like that and as long as you're paying your rent it doesn't matter how that happens mm-hmm. but you qualified for a place you had to make so much money and now you can't afford and I'm not even going to get into <coughs> rent increases or anything like that. I'm just uh, talking about that's a whole separate topic, but it just things aren't math. Like, do you understand where I'm coming from? Did you say mathy? Mathing. Things aren't mathing. Okay. 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 I think I understand what that word is supposed to mean. Okay. Things don't make sense. People don't make sense. That's the thing. People make decisions emotionally and then they justify with logic. Yeah. So it's not a math equation when someone decides that they want to spend $200 at the bar buying drinks for a girl and go home with somebody else yeah. instead of putting that money aside and putting it towards their rent. That wasn't a mathematical equation. That was emotional. Yes. If they would looked at numbers on that, they would have seen that was a low percentage shot. <laughs> you, you try to chuck it up from half court to win 50000 in the Knicks game. That's... <laughs> Not likely to take place, good sir. So they would have made a different choice. But, you know, people are emotional creatures for the most part. And that's where a lot of these poor decisions come from. At the same time, you know, you have to be honest with yourself in terms of what actually brings you joy in life. Like, we live in a very much a consumer-based society. Every image that you see when you're watching TV, when you're on Instagram, when you're scrolling Facebook, I mean, heck... Your phone is going to be sending you advertisements for who knows what when you get in the parking lot based on what we talked about today. Yeah. Right? So at every turn, someone's trying to pry your money out yeah. of your pocket and put it into a product or service that they're offering. Yeah. So not that that's an excuse to spend outside of your means, but someone has to be consciously aware of these things and take steps to avoid falling into that trap, you know, because it's very easy to do, especially when you see, oh, so-and-so's on Instagram. They just got these new shoes. I need to go get those. Oh, so-and-so's at this party. Man, I need to go and I need to be at that this weekend. You know, you got to understand, you know, your limited resources, what really brings you joy and happiness and not just try to keep up with the Joneses or the whoever's. Yeah. I mean, I like going to the track and I like doing things with cars. So that's where I'm going to spend my limited resources. Yeah. You know, like you, I'm not 
hanging out buying a whole bunch of clothes at the mall. I don't need to be in the, the finest designer suits. Yeah. These are not things that bring me joy, so they're not things I'm going to spend money on. Yeah, I feel like comfort is the biggest thing I've always liked. And, I mean, I don't mind wearing a nice suit, but there ain't nothing since some good sweatpants, good pair of jeans, some good comfortable shoes, a hoodie. <laughs> like, like, that's ideal. Yes, it is. I mean, and now it's more of a reality for more people because now since work from home has become more prevalent, yeah, you've got people who are doing professional work, you know, making real salaries at home as comfortable as they want to be. Exactly. It's interesting now that companies are starting to try to call people back to the office. Yeah. And people are acting hard of hearing. <laughs> I, I, I think I lost the address. What, what, where did you say it was? <laughs> Peach Street. No, I thought it was Peach Lane. Oh, I'm, yeah, right. I'm, maybe I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it's a different world that we find ourselves in now. And there's a lot of adjustments that need to get made. Yeah. So, um, speaking of adjustments um, and new and of course, like new things coming up. Uh, your brother. Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, down at a wedding this past weekend. Yeah. So my, my brother has finally tied the knot. He yes, he's a, an honest man and yeah, I mean a happy I, one. I mean, uh, I mean, I've, I've met him a handful of times. I met, of course, you know, his uh, now wife. It's funny when I met your brother because uh, me and my brother are are definitely different because when <laughs> i was very i was i was thinking when i met your brother he was going to be like an older you essentially <laughs> and i was like he's just the complete opposite and i was like okay oh, yeah no if that's what you were expecting yeah, yeah. You, you definitely would have been very lost and he's older than you right no okay he's younger yep okay okay that makes sense yeah you looking for an older <laughs> me yeah, you should be very very confused when you find younger Cliff. Yeah. So you were telling me a little bit about like just Colorado and things like that. Um was is this was that your first time in Colorado? Technically no. I mean I've done layovers through Colorado before, oh, but okay. this is the first time spending any real time in Colorado. Like actually experiencing Colorado proper, if you will. Was that uh technically where you're at, like the Denver area? Yeah, so we were in downtown Denver. Okay. For the most part. You know, we, um, we did Breckenridge like for one thing. day. Um believe it or not, like there's there's a there's black there's like a black part of Denver cuz I I met someone uh at 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 Taproom that she's from Denver. She's from Black Denver? Yeah, she's from Black Denver. Why do I feel like you're making this up? <laughs> I'm, I'm being dead ass here. You should have brought her on on this episode as well um, to vouch for this this Black Denver concept. Yeah, but um, I've, I've not heard of this. Yeah, so there's you know communities in there that are just like thriving with you know you know black families things like that. I was like, I would have never thought Denver of all places, but yeah, you know people everywhere are doing all kinds of things <laughs> that they are. So I know you were telling me you know you guys had a definitely um. Definitely bachelor party worthy. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we had a great time. We had a great time. Um, got a chance to get out there and do the whole skiing and snowboarding. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was a great experience. Anybody who's ever tried to uh, go skiing or snowboarding, you know, if you're avid and you've gone to different resorts and different places, um, apparently there's a big difference between East Coast and West Coast. Um, my first time trying to snowboard was out on the East Coast up in Virginia. 
Um, and it was late in the season, and it wasn't real snow. They had ice and artificial oh, snow uh, up on the snopes. Like the blue, like uh, Jack Frost, Big Boulder type of snow machine. Mess. Some, some kind of snow machine. Okay. If you look up, the whole mountain is brown with one little strip of white. <laughs> where the, yeah. What? Yeah. So it's like basically trying to uh, ski on a snow cone, essentially. And so, how does that even work? Not well. That's that's how it works. Okay. Not well. All right. So, you know, first of all, we were supposed to have lessons, right? Because you know, when you're doing something you've never done before, chances are yeah. maybe a lesson. And, uh, maybe somebody be, who's spent their entire life in Florida going to snowboard for the first time might want a lesson. Yeah, you're gonna be falling a lot. Yeah. So we got the gear. We show up. Instructor didn't. So yeah. we got no lessons. Yeah. So I pulled a we pulled a page out the Aaron book. <laughs> I just figured out. <laughs> so we just took our gear, went up to the mountain. Like, all right, well, gravity will do most of it. We just got to kind of point ourselves okay. in the right direction. Oh, you try to pull a Johnny Tsunami. Nah, easier <laughs> said than done. Especially with that slope, because with a snowboard, you got to kind of cut in and like carve into the snow. It's not snow, it's ice. So either you sit on top and you just slide, or you like jump and cut into the ice, but it just makes a little rut. And you just go off to the side of the slope where you got mud and rocks because. It's not real snow and everything is melting because it's like late April or whenever we were up there. Yeah. So, you know, after falling down for like 30, 45 minutes, you know, I finally figured out how to stay straight enough to actually go down the slope. And I get about halfway down doing probably 20, 30 miles an hour. And I realized that if you all you do is fall every five feet, you never have to worry about stopping. But that was not a skill I developed. Okay. So, now we got some tough choices. <laughs> All right. So, if there was an e-brake on a snowboard, let's just say I pulled it and okay. uh, went to that big old orange net at the bottom. Okay. So, that was the first time snowboarding. So, I wasn't really too thrilled wow. about the idea of going to do it again. But, you know, when it's a bachelor party, you, you do what the bachelor wants to do. So, no, of course. you want to go skiing and snowboarding? So, this time I picked skis. Okay. And we actually had lessons. The instructor showed up. <laughs> it was a much better experience. And we had fresh snow. So that made all the difference. Um, it was a great day. You know, I think they they gotten like 10, 12 inches over the past day or two. Nice. And then there was like a light snow while we were there to, to keep it fresh. So it was, a, it was a great experience, especially going from the snowboard into the skis. So we, we didn't do any black diamonds. You know, we stuck to the greens and the blues. But I don't blame you. For the first time skiing, yeah, it was enough. Yeah, you wanna you wanna ease yourself into any new experience like that because you have this go big or go home, bro. I'm like, eh, yeah, okay, yeah, you go big, you might go home, but not under your own power. But exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you won't end up like Sonny Bono or anybody uh, smashing into those trees. Yeah, and you got your leg broken. Yeah. Oh, so we had one guy. He didn't even make it. Yeah, he he went down in this in the ski lift. So you gotta understand when we left. We, we flew out of Tampa. We left. It was 88 degrees. Mm. When we landed, you know what temperature it was what? in the breezeway? What? Eight. <laughs> it was eight degrees. In the, there was snow in the breezeway. There was snow before we even I got in Colorado. the airport. It's Colorado. So did you, yeah. guys, did you guys pack like, you guys packed appropriately, right? As far as I, I mean, I packed appropriately. As <laughs> I far mean, as I could tell. I mean, I, I went out, I got a ski jacket, I had the layers, oh, wow. you I had the playing. thermals. Nah, I don't blame you. Yeah, so it, it was it was not I a had game. thermals when I first came down here. I haven't, I haven't had, I haven't need for long johns, thermals, anything like that. I might wear occasional sweatpants. And that, that's not necessary down here. You don't, you don't need that. Yeah, you, you really just, don't. You can just send that to Goodwill, it's fine. <laughs> you, you won't be needing those. It doesn't get that cold. But, it really doesn't. Yeah, altitude sickness, for future reference, that is a real thing. Heard about that? I just don't. 
it seems very rough. Yeah, it is. It is rough. Um, you know, the one thing is usually it kind of gives you a little bit of a warning when you're starting to come down with it. You start feeling a little lightheaded, um, maybe a little short of breath. Um, and if you recognize those signs and just sit down and stay hydrated and, you know, do the right things, it might be okay. But if you keep trying to push yourself, like, no, I got this. No. Then it's probably not going to go well. For no. You. So we, we had one guy, he went down in the gondola, like on the way up to the slope. <laughs> Out to sitting this, you know, because it's, it's the bachelor party. We're having a good time. People are taking little stories and stuff, like yeah, yeah screaming, yeah, just that, that, that screaming. That was enough. You know, oh my god, winded, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, so when um, we got off the gondola, by the time we walked to the rental place for the ski equipment, he was like, no, no, this, this is not gonna be a thing for me. Yeah. I, I know better. Because can you imagine getting up to the top of the slope and then like you can't breathe, you're dizzy, lightheaded, feeling <laughs> not, like. And you got to try to somehow get down. The oh slope. my God! Nah, that's a yeah, uh, no, that's been. that's rough. That's a rough go. So yeah. Um, how was the wedding though? The wedding was awesome. the The wedding was awesome. I got a tip of the hat to uh, to Cliff and Lex. They they really killed it. Um, my brother and his bride. They kind of did everything themselves. They oh. they had a vision. Um, okay. And they they executed that. You know they. Wanted to do something with water in the background because they, they live out at the beach. Um, so yeah. they, they kind of wanted to have some kind of a, an aquatic aesthetic okay. to the wedding. But they also didn't want to just do a wedding in their backyard either. So you know, Something anyway. a little bit more um, like uh, up a notch too. I mean, real talk, it was largely because like, you met my brother, right? Yeah. He, he's in most rooms, he's going to be the most fun, most popular, most entertaining guy in most rooms that he walks into. Yeah. Um, and, you know, his wife is not far behind. Like, you put both of them out in a party, that's the party, right? So they know pretty much everybody up and down the beaches. If they try to do any kind of an event at the beaches, like, people would just be walking in off the beach. Oh, hey, yeah, oh, yeah, I know y'all. Yeah, no, I know them. It's okay. Let me in. Yeah. It'd be like that. So you couldn't maintain the integrity of the guest list okay. for nothing if, right, okay. if they did it there. So that that was part of it. Okay, you know, well, that makes sense. Get out of town, go someplace, invite the people that you really want to be there, and you know everybody's just not inviting themselves just because it's around the corner. It's convenient. Yeah. So they they did that. They had a kind of a blank canvas to work with. You know, they designed um, you know their whole motif and the the table arrangements and the centerpieces and with the floating candles and then. She got this idea for a champagne wall, and my brother built that from scratch. What? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I forgot he's pretty, well. Well, you and him are pretty handy. Yeah, I mean, when the when the time calls for it, you know, yeah. get our Bob Vila on or yeah, do a HGTV project. We're not gonna <laughs> yeah. make a whole series out of it, but we'll yeah. do do an isolated project here and there. So, you know, did that. You know, hired bartenders, like everything. You know, he did kind of kind of piecemeal and brought it down there transformed the entire venue you know her family flew down um we ended up spending the whole weekend like down in like st pete beach area they got this huge airbnb um so the whole bridal party would have room to be able to get ready and then of course like hang out and party yeah. and stuff afterwards so you know it worked out great the uh the the ceremony though was super efficient i don't think i've ever been to a ceremony that was that quick uh the officiant they're like no we're not doing vows we're not we're not saying this that and the third we want to get to that married part so yeah they 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 got it all done and i'm sure their reception was uh one to remember 
Oh man, you know that that reception. There's videos floating around. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, there's. Yeah, that that reception was it was on point. I, I gotta say, you, I mean, from the intros for the the bridal party, you know, they they were they were getting it. I, I will I will say that much. No, that's good. I mean, because um, you only have a brother, right? You don't have any siblings. I have, I have a sister as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't live in Florida, so. Oh, okay. That's, okay, that's probably okay. Why, uh, okay so that's she, why I've never yeah, met her. Yeah, she's she's not local, so you haven't met her. Okay, she's, is she older, younger? Older. Yeah. She okay, does, so she's, she's older. She's yeah, the oldest. She's the oldest. Okay. Uh, she having kids or anything like that? No, no, huh. no kids. Wow, y'all all team no kids. So well, far, not, yeah. I mean, it's usually usually one. You know, like sometimes uh, with that, just kid kind of just. Slips through. You, you know, <laughs> you know. Fast. this goes back to what you were talking about before. You know, your your whole little rant on, on rent. And, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't understand how people spend all this money. You only make so much. Like, why are you going out and doing all these things? Kids don't just happen. That's true. I mean, no, kids could just happen, like, yeah. when you're young. Exactly. You know, if you're under 20, I will give you I will give you the benefit of the doubt. I will give you a pass. Yeah. But if you're old enough to drink, you're old enough to think. Okay, yeah. you, you know where kids come from. It's not a secret. No. Um, this whole accident thing, like, no, no, I just don't believe in it. So, like, when the resources and things align, yeah. like, if you, you wouldn't go in a, and adopt a dog, right, if you didn't have a place to put a dog. That's true. Right? So, why would you have a child when you have no room for a child? Why would you have a child when you have no resources for a child? Yeah. Like, I'll just figure it out. Like, are you really going to put somebody's life... <laughs> The quality of their existence. Uh, You're going to distrust it. I'll figure it out. I've seen it happen so many times. It's ridiculous. I'm like, you could barely afford your, to, your survive yourself. Yeah. Let alone you, another you human being. By. Barely. Right? So yeah. how, how and is that empowering you to bring another life into the yeah, world? It doesn't make it does, sense. It doesn't. Um, so when I the circumstances like, are right. Yeah. You know, then you start you start doing that. Yeah. Same. So, I mean, my, my mentality is... My my child's not gonna have everything. Because I don't enough. want them to have everything. Because I want them to have perspective. Exactly. Right? You know, I don't want them growing up to be Donald Trump, right? That that would be terrible. Yeah. And you, unfortunately it's one of those things where when you have a kid and you come from very humble beginnings, there's always this balance because there you can instill as much like life lessons, but it's always that trade-off to where what's that uh what's that saying? Hard men make softer times. Softer uh, men make harder times. Good men or strong men make good times. Weak men make hard times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of times it's a cycle. You know, yeah. you'll see parents who struggle. And they work real hard, and they provide a, a great life for their kid. Their kid doesn't experience the struggle. Exactly. They don't appreciate the things that they grew up with because they've always had them. They don't work as hard, and they end up struggling. And because they struggle, their kids struggle. Their kids like, well, I don't want to live this life. So then they go and work hard, and so it kind of skips generations potentially. Yeah. I've, you know, I've definitely not... seen it. I've definitely seen it skip generations, or I've seen it skip like siblings, or where it's like you got you guys all grew up in the same house. Yes, well, and, that that's a whole different concept. Yeah, that's true. Because if, if we grow up in the same environment, if we have access to the same resources, and I excel and you fail, that's not an indictment on our environment. It's an indictment on you. 
at the end of the day. I mean, I've, I've got friends who are very successful, and they're, they've got siblings that are struggling. Yeah. And they've tried at every turn to try to help them and to reach out and do better. I mean, again, it goes back to the apartment thing. Like, people are going to spend their time and their resources on things that bring them joy. Yeah. And you can't assume that because you like nice things, you like living in a safe neighborhood, you like having a big house, you like having nice cars, that that's what motivates everybody. Doesn't. Some people don't. Some people, they just want to go and listen to live music at the local bar, yeah. you know, and get so drunk that they can just barely find their way home every night. And, like, that's a great time for them. Yeah. And they're close enough to walk, so they don't even need a car. That's true. I mean, you can't imprint your standards on somebody else as far as happiness. Now, if they tell you that they want these things, but they're exactly. not doing the actions it takes to get them, that's another conversation. So you're married. I know your yep. your brother is married. Yep. Is your is your sister married? No. Okay. So, I mean, you've been married for how long now? Seven years. Okay. So, what is your perspective on married life? Oh, <laughs> that's the greatest cheat code in the world, man. That's... <laughs> That's that's the key to real happiness. So the key with marriage is just to do do it right. I mean, that sounds easier said than done, right? Yeah. Um, but the number one thing in marriage, and it probably sounds old or cliche, but it's worth repeating, is communication. Communication, communication, communication. Because however much you think that you know someone, when you agree to spend the rest of your life with them and you intertwine your finances and every other aspect of your life, your family, yeah. like, you're going to find out some things you didn't know. Yeah. And you're going to have to figure out how to process those differences. Like, there's compromises that need to be made. But compromise doesn't necessarily mean they win and I lose or vice versa. Yeah. Compromise means you have a conversation. You figure out what the actual ideas are that are important, the end goals that are important, and you devise a plan to get there. Because you may find that there's something that, there's like a chore, right? Yeah. That your your spouse, your significant other hates doing. Like, they hate it. Like, if they have to do it, it will ruin their entire day. And they will, they will be absolute shit to be around. Mm. And you're like, I don't mind doing that at all. That's fine. And so, for the sake of the relationship and the happiness of the household, like, that's just something that you do. Whenever it needs to be done, you pick it up and do it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, you don't care. But it brings a lot more to them than it does to you. Um, the other thing is that some people value being right more than anything else. Yeah. And in many contexts, I will admit, I could be accused of being such a person. <laughs> However, when it comes to, to marriage and relationships, happiness is the most important thing, not being right. Right? So if there's some kind of argument, disagreement, you know, topic that maybe somebody doesn't want to talk about, but you know you need to, sometimes you just got to be the bigger person and just force that conversation. You know, talk about your issues, you know, work it out um, and be honest with yourself. You know, the biggest problem is people jump into marriage and they're trying to figure somebody else out. They don't even know themselves. Yeah. And if you don't know you, how could you pretend to help another person get to know you when you don't know you yourself? Yeah. Like people need to do a lot of introspection um, before they, they decide they want to make a lifelong commitment. It's, um, um, so, yeah, that's. Kind of the, the high level overview. Yeah, because I mean, for me, I'm you know I I do want to get married. I do want to have a family. Um, and at this present point in my life, I finally know exactly who I am. It took a lot of 
trials and tribulations Doesn't to get though. here. Yeah. But now it's figuring out like what my like who my partner is gonna be. Doesn't matter if they're of my same culture or background, things like that. It's someone I can I can be myself with and sit on the couch with my dog and get fat. So you're not looking for somebody in the gym, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, I'm still looking I'm still I'm still looking for somebody I'm still looking for somebody in the gym. So, okay. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> who who goes to the gym so they can go home and <laughs> no, get fat? Like no. I mean who is that person? Okay, so somebody I can just I can be happy with. That's that's um, fair. Like you need to share values. That's yeah. the most important thing. People get hung up on creating checklists. Oh, they got to be 6'3". They got to drive a 2006 exactly. or newer. They got to work at such and such a firm. And I'm like, they have to... Do they treat you right? Because all of those things, if they don't treat you right, all those things don't matter. And even, yeah. like, you have certain people to where they go out with somebody for two or three times, and it's like, okay, well, we're going to do this relationship thing or not? Are you wasting my time? I don't even know you. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you are as a person. You, you're an idea. The same way women, a lot of the times, are ideas to men, and vice versa. You look aesthetically pleased. I don't know what you. I don't know what you sound like. I don't even know what's in your mind. Yeah, I don't know what you care about. That's the most important thing. What do you care about? What are your values? Exactly. You say, "Oh, treat you right." Well, what does right mean to you? You know, there are people who grew up in a physically abusive household. So to them, right is everything short of punching them in the throat, right? Yeah. But then you have people that grow up in a very loving, caring, nurturing household. And if you even raise your voice, like, they're going to burst into tears. Yeah. You've got to understand who you're dealing with, you know, what, how their past has shaped who they are now. Exactly. And more importantly, like, where they see themselves going in the future. Because just because somebody had a, a rough time, you know, they're, if they're better now, they still want to get better you know, there's a path forward, perhaps, where you guys can have a meeting of the minds. You can work that out. Yeah. But that's never going to happen if you don't have those conversations. Yeah. I feel like everybody deserves to be happy. But you have a lot of people that, like you said before, these certain checklists to where, like, I understand preferences. I understand standards. But I feel like men and women conflate those things to where mm-hmm. it's like... If I was dating a woman and I'm like the first guy that picked her up in a car or mm-hmm. wine and dined her, okay. But out of the ten, out of the out of the ten people, I'm including one of them. I was, I was, I did that. Where the others of might have took her to Domino's or took her to the bar and got you know happy hour drinks, you know, mm-hmm. um, buy one get one. And there's a lot of you know, women and men that they get something in the small minority and then they believe that's a standard when it's, it's, that was never a standard. You, you, you got something that was not usual. And now because you've gotten that, now you believe that that's what you should be getting all the time when you were never getting that on a consistent basis. And even if that's the case, a lot of the times that you're not with that person that gave you that. So why is that? I mean, at the end of the day, people set their own standards. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest problems in dating and in terms of people and their happiness, and not just in romantic relationships, you know, in family relationships and platonic relationships and work relationships, 
you are responsible for your happiness. Yeah. You are. No one else isn't. Like your wife isn't, your husband isn't. You are responsible for your happiness. If someone is doing something that makes you unhappy, it's your responsibility to figure out how you're going to handle that situation. Exactly. Just like with standards, right? If you, look, you might not have a car. You might only have one pair of shoes. You might be living in a one-bedroom apartment, you know, and rent's looking kind of iffy. But your standard might be, you know, anyone that I go out with is going to treat me with respect. You know, I might be raised such that, like, okay, on the first date, you know, if you invite me out, like, you're going to pay because you invited me out. Like, maybe that's your standard. Maybe that's your understanding. Yeah. You can create that if you want to. Now, could you create standards that mean that it's very unlikely that someone's going to meet them or be willing to go up to that level? Yeah. But nobody says you have to be with anybody. You can be alone until someone meets the standards that you set for yourself. Exactly. Or you reevaluate your situation and decide that you want to make a change to your standards. But the thing is that once you set a standard, you have to adhere to it. Like, you can't start lying to yourself. That's a slippery slope. If you say, I'm not going to accept this, don't accept it. If you decide you want to change that, make that a conscious decision. Don't make it an in-the-moment thing. Don't let your standards slide because somebody offers you less. Make your standards change because you decide that you want to change your standard. But if you want to be happy, I would offer this. Don't have a list of what you're looking for. Have a list of what you won't tolerate. It'll be a much shorter list. It'll be a lot easier to remember. Yeah. Like, for me, like smoking cigarettes, like, that was a non-starter. That's just not going to work. I mean, you're cool. You know, I love everything that you're doing with your situation. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. But that's just not something that I'm going to have in my life. That's not something yeah. I'm going to tolerate. Like, there's no wiggle room on that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, that just stinks. Yeah, it stinks. It's bad for your health. It's expensive. I mean, there's really no positives. Um, you know, don't at me, um, don't, don't at me, but you know, fake hair and all that, that, that was another one. Not, not trying to deal with that simply because it looks great in pictures and that's cool, but it's a lot different when you have a picture versus having to deal with something in real life. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, you go to get somebody a hug, you accidentally, you know, touch it. Ah, World War Three. No. <laughs> yeah. No, not, not having um, that. Oh, why don't we go swimming? No, no, no. Can't, I can't go swimming. Exactly. Oh, can't go to the beach. Yeah. I can't do this. Can't do that. I spent five hundred dollars on my. I'm like, uh, you know, I would go to the gym, but I'm just gonna sweat that nah, up. Nah, you nah. Got nothing but baby hair. Like, <laughs> oh my god. I'm but, like, you know, again, to each your own. Yeah. Like there are things that matter to me that don't matter to you. There are things that are gonna matter to you know the next person that neither one of us care about. Yeah. You know, your happiness again is your happiness. You know, you know what you can put up with. You know what you want to have in your life. You know, develop a vision for your future and really think honestly, like sit down, take some time and think about what you want your future to look like and the type of person who might be able to do that with you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at currently right now. It's, um, I mean, a lot of these girls I'm talking to, none of them look like. And that's just. Well, you said you don't know what they look like? No, none of them look like. Oh, a lot of them don't look like. Well, good. That means you're not talking to triplets. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you've been, you know, you know, quite some time, you know, married. But you know, how was uh, you know, how was pre-married JP life? Oh, pre-married JP life was waiting for this married life to to pop up. Like I, I joke with my wife like all the time. She's like, oh, you know, uh, don't don't you wish sometimes you were still running the streets? Like, no, absolutely not. 
Like there is nothing appealing about that. Uh, like I mean, so many situations that people get, so many sketchy situations and and not well thought out situations people so many, find themselves in uh, because they're out there chasing. The amount of dummy missions I went on in my life is ridiculous. See, I'm not I'm not trying to go on dummy missions. I'm not um, I'm not trying. And then and you also have to consider too that there's a time frame difference, right? So I've been married for seven years. You know, we've been together longer. Oh. So this this predates all this like Tinder and Bumble oh. and all these oh, little, so you've missed, these little you've slide in the DM apps <laughs> where you just I mean that it really cheapens relationships in my view by by a large extent. Like it, it just puts an easy button on things and it makes it less likely that you're gonna have real substantive conversations with people. Yeah. Um because before you would have to go out and actually meet people. Right, there would be some form of commonality. Oh, I met this person at the gym. I met him at the library. I met him in school. I met him at work. Like, for for the fact that you meet them somewhere, you know at least a little bit about exactly. one aspect of their life, and you probably know other people who know them even better than you do, and so you can talk to them and figure that out. When you're just swiping on profiles, yeah. you know your perspective is pretty limited, and in most cases, pretty shallow, um, with the exception, obviously, of like those apps that are really based on commonality. Yeah. A lot of the times, but yeah, this uh, pre-married life, you know, I was I was focused on other things. So I mean, I kind of I kind of seemed like to me, like even when like I met you initially, and you remind me, I want to say like Spock, but like <laughs> like if Spock was like like almost if like. Spock was- <laughs> and I had <laughs> yeah, his name was Tuvok. He was on Space Nine. Nah, but um, if like Cooper. Spock mm-hmm. and um, Kirk uh, combined, we're like this, this starting to sound some nasty fan fiction. Here, <laughs> nah, great. So when I say what I mean by that is very like logical, but also still able to move and shake. So be able to move and shake out there, which is a lot of the times you don't, there's, it's either one or the other. It's usually, yeah. even for me, which people are very surprised when I say I'm an introverted person, they're like, what? Yeah, that, that sounds very much like a falsehood yeah. based on what I've seen. Yeah, but again, this was this was a process, but even, um, yeah, I feel like you, there's not, like, you are you are very you're logical enough to where a lot of things aren't going to just like you weren't driven by that. It was just it was it was there if you went out and tried to get it, but it wasn't it wasn't a a very driving force like a lot of the times. Yeah. For you know <coughs> guys are where it's like you're chasing girls because it's like all right, well if I go and get a girl that is fine. I if mean, not, it's like it, it's kind of like, and I hate to use any kind of analogy involving dogs when it comes to yeah. you know men and, and women in those interactions. Yeah. But it's kind of like a dog you have in the yard, right? And every time a squirrel jumps in the yard, the dog wants to chase it, yeah. chase it, chase it, right? But like once you catch the squirrel and you know what squirrel tastes like, I mean, do you have to chase every single squirrel? You really I mean, don't. And you know, I, you've kind of been there. You've, no, you've done that. I just feel like, cause, um, like I came up as far as like when I graduated high school. That's when the app still came out. Mm-hmm. So still in person, 
And it was like, that was just the cherry on top. And now you have a, a whole generation of guys that they've never even <laughs> approached a girl to where they've yep. been, you know, with filters and things like that to make themselves attractive enough. Well, I remember to- the the worst thing in the world was that MySpace angle. Remember how people used to be getting got like with the, the up at the angle and they'd be turning <laughs> sideways and like Yo. using the reflection in the mirror. Oh my God. And like, oh, hey, look at, look at her. And then. Nah. It's just like, mm, oh my God. It's like a funhouse mirror. Like, Pretty no, much. The lies. Nah. But now, you know, filters, they are. Yeah. And then, and then you've seen some of these videos with contouring, with the, the crazy makeup. I mean, they, they could get a job at like Universal Studios or Yo, a hollow screen. Because, build, they fucking build faces. Yeah. No. Yeah. But. I mean, it's crazy. The, yeah. And these apps really don't don't help with establishing genuine connections. No, they don't. I mean, it's one of the things where people are like, they're very like, well, you're on Tinder or you're on Bumble or you're on Hinge. And it's like, I'm always, I'm always where it's like, if you like me and I like you, but it's like, they, they want the relationship. They want a relationship in like, a couple interactions. I mean, just, that's that's how many clicks it took to get to your your picture. So it? why not? Yeah, I found you in a couple of seconds. Why can't be a relationship in a couple exactly. of seconds? And a lot of times where it's you have a lot of people where it's, again I'm just too old to be lying about what I want. Where you have people that they don't want these people. Mm-hmm. You really just want to have sex with them. That's all you want from them. Like I would say in this generation, the term hate fuck is very prevalent because there's people that maybe invite their meet you with your friends but it's like i would never invite you to meet my parents and just because they're mm-hmm. aesthetically pleasing or something about but their, where does the hate come in i mean that, that i haven't heard what sounds like the hate part so they don't like them as people they don't do they even know them as people to make that assessment no they're just going off a more times than not physicality or I mean, you know, you've seen in the media where it's like, I hate you, I hate you, and then they end up going at it. And Yeah, see, and that that's interesting. I was talking to who was I talking to? Somebody about that not too long I ago. I never understood that. I'm like, that that's not real life. Like that's No. That is not what two emotionally stable people like that's not how people behave. Yeah. Like if that's real life for you, you should probably. Uh, I mean, you have a lot. You have a lot help. of people where it's like, no, nah, this was nice. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. Like, you're not meeting like my grandmother or anything like that type of deal. Where it's like, what? Because they just look good. They just look good, and they. I mean, you know, they stimulate them sexually, but that's about it. And it's I mean, the weird. That's, it's that's the what weird. Those apps are for. In, yeah, in my view, like if that's what you're looking for, then go on the app and go find that. You know, if you want to get on eHarmony. Or Match.com, or you have to fill out an actual profile and talk yeah. about things other than, you know, how many followers you got on Instagram for your little MySpace angle photos, yeah. then, you know, maybe that's where people will go who are looking for real connections. Yeah. Or, heaven forbid, go to, like, a speed dating thing in person or go to concerts and festivals. Yeah. You know, I'm a big proponent of being your element. Like, live your authentic life. Be in your truth. You like Cobra Kai. If yeah. they had a Cobra Kai convention and you yeah. went, Rest assured that any girl that you see there, yeah. you're going to have something to talk about. There's at least that one point of commonality. Like, yeah. there's something that you have in common. With these apps, literally the only thing you have in common is, I like the way you look. You might literally hate every single other element about yeah. their personality, about their upbringing, about their political views. Like, you don't know any of those things. You know, that's not on the profile. 
Yep. So, you know, it's just all about what you're looking for, right? If I want good food, you know, I'm going to go to Ruth's Chris. If I want fast food, I'm going to go to McDonald's. But I'm not going to go to Ruth's Chris and complain that the prices are too high. Just like I'm not going to go to McDonald's and complain that they don't have a filet mignon. Yeah. Like, you got to look for the right things in the right places. So, you know, more power to you. If you're on the apps looking for a little bit of strange to get you through the weekend, cool. You know, do you. But don't be com- complaining because you yeah, didn't find be your surpri- husband like, in two don't, days. Like, don't be surprised. So, yeah. um, I'm going to ask you one more question. We're going to get out of here. So, if you were to give any advice to any young man or woman to find their partner, what would that be? So, uh, I'll kind of wrap it all together here. Um, so, as far as finding a partner, number one thing, and I know it may be tough, stop looking. Like, stop actively searching. Stop being thirsty. <laughs> because that's the number one way to ensure that you're you're pushing too hard, you're doing too much, you know, you're out of your element, you're not putting your, your best foot forward. You know, focus on being in your element. Focus on being the best you, you can be. You know, when you're doing the things that give, give you joy, when you're in your element doing things that you like, the people that you're going to meet when you're being your best self, that's going to be the people that you need to, to strongly consider. One. Two, don't have a list of things that you must have. Like, don't pretend like you have the clairvoyance to know exactly what your significant other is going to look like. You don't. Like, I had an ex who we're now friends from way back in the day. And, like, she had a very specific list. It was a long list. Like, 20 items. It was Jesus. ridiculous. What? Yeah. This same person left, like, 32 voicemail messages in, like, one day. So, Oh, my God. You know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. You know, access or access for a reason. But yeah. in any event, you know, one of the things she had on her list was like, absolutely, you know, no Latin guys, no Chinese guys. I'm like, damn, what, what did those two do? Everybody else was <laughs> on the table. But those what? two, no. Now she's married with two kids. You know who she's married to? Who? A Chinese guy. <laughs> right? And Some they, people block their blessings. They they might try, yeah. right? But now she, she's happy. You know, she's married. She's got kids. But if she listened to that little silly list, she would never even gave him a shot. Would never even talk to him. It's crazy. So you don't know. Like the most important things are not going to be, you know, aesthetics. They are, they are important. Yeah. But it's not going to be the most important thing. You know, you got to look at what you really care about. What are your values? And have honest conversations. The other thing too is like you got to be honest. Got to be honest with yourself before anything else, right? There, there are people that will go around and they'll see someone that looks attractive, that maybe even, you know, is it has an interesting job. They, they legitimately like this person. And then they pretend to be into things that that person's into to try to spend time with them. And they continue this route. And, you know, if that relationship goes on long enough, that person is thinking, oh, man, I found the perfect one. You know, she likes all the things I like. And, exactly. gotta, and then at some point, she's like, you know, I really don't want to do this anymore. It's like, what? And they're going to feel betrayed. Yeah. They're gonna feel lied to. They're gonna feel deceived. Yes. And these are not feelings that are helpful in promoting a, a strong or healthy relationship. So, you know, be honest with people from jump. Like, don't close yourself off to new experiences. If somebody says, "Hey, I want to go skydiving," if you've never been, you don't think you'll like it. I mean, go. Maybe you won't like it. Maybe you won't. At least after you do it, you you can be honest and be like, "Hey, yeah, no, I was I was scared shitless. Don't we're not ever doing that." <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, just be honest up front with people. 
Um, and then finally, communication. Okay. You know, don't be afraid to have the tough conversations because conversations never get easier. Like, you ignore something, problems are going to grow. They they never solve themselves. That they do. So you can either deal with a little problem now or you can deal with a big problem later. You know, that's that's your choice to make. Okay. Well, with that being the case, guys, we're going to get out of here. Uh, before we go, uh, where can they find you at? Uh, so you can find me uh, on eBay at uh, Business Bushido. Um, same thing with uh, Instagram at Business Bushido. Um, and Facebook, there's a page there as well um, at Business Bushido. Okay. So. Well, with that being said, guys, we are out of here. Later, guys. Peace. <laughs>